Hey, welcome to the Grains and Grace podcast. We are your hosts. I'm John the Layman. John, I don't know if that's going to be picked up. We are we're recording on an, on an Apple iPad. Yes. You were really testing. Yes. The limits of it. I yes. don't know if that's going to come out. You don't think so? I don't know. <laughs> it couldn't. Uh, yeah, we are. We've had some uh, microphone difficulties this afternoon, so we are. We just we're doing a workaround, and uh, and and hopefully this this comes out right. Uh, and we're also recording at my house today as yes. Ryan finishes up the the studio at his house. So we're recording at my house. We're in my kitchen, and I thought this was a good idea. But I'm starting to realize there might be a slight echo in here as I talk. Echo. Echo, echo. echo. And we're in squeaky chairs. Listen. Oh, that's like podcast gold right there. If yeah. we can pick up the squeak of those chairs, that's yeah. like double listening. It's going to be awesome. Immediately. I'm, so, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so we're really testing out the uh, what Apple's products can do here by uh, recording on their iPad, number one. But most people don't know this. Uh, our opening song, I actually recorded that whole thing on the Apple iPad. Yeah, that was really surprising. He had done it acoustically, and then one day we were talking, hey, listen to this thing I whipped up by myself overnight. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, just did it on their garage band, and I, I finally figured out how to operate their garage band. It's really cool. I mean, like, you can record anything. It's a cool product. So, Apple, sponsorship, please? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Apple, give us your money. Uh, it's funny, you know, normally I'm not a Apple guy. No, I don't but know how I, to use it. I continue to find myself surrounded by Apple products and I continue to find myself like using Apple products in a way I'm like, well, that is kind of cool because I can't do that with this Android phone. I actually have two phones they're both sitting in front of me or I have my normal Android phone that I use for my personal use and then I have a work phone here that we're later going to be airdropping this recording into so that we can get it to the system we need to get it to to, to our shared google <laughs> yeah. drive see that's what apple makes confusing is if you don't have their products they make you go through all kinds of loops to get things done and yes but still we love you so money please money please but i'm glad we're recording at your house today because i got a really nice drive out here i don't always have that kind yeah. of prep time to get myself focused so it was just me and god and and kind of pumping some tunes too he may have not been totally happy with all the songs but i i want my rocky song i want that song that gets me in the mood for the podcast and gets me all pumped up do you have one that like gets you ready for gets me ready for anything yeah, like or, what's your genre? What gets you ready oh, for genre? Oh, you know that. I know, okay. So. You already know that answer. My favorite rock and roll band in the whole wide world is Oasis. Uh, they weren't, they they didn't really take off here in America, but worldwide, they're like one of the biggest rock bands ever in the whole world. Stadium rock. I love the band, and I've continued to stay up with both uh, brothers' uh, careers after they split back in 08 and Liam Gallagher's putting out amazing music. He just, he just released an album called uh, come on, you know, fantastic album. I think his, I think one of his best. John's albums. got it in, on vinyl. I've got it on vinyl. Uh, Knowles put out some really good albums as well. So I actually am one of those that I don't want to see them get back together. Most Oasis fans would, would, would 
criticize me for that. But I have a reason for that. And that is if Oasis gets back together, um, I lose out on two brothers making music on their own. See, right now I get the music of Liam and the music of Noel. And I think the world's better for it. And if they were to get back together, then I'd just be back with one band. Kind of like after the Beatles, we got Ringo Starr's uh, solo career. Yeah, Ringo. Yeah, exactly. And, but we got, we got George and we got John and we got we actually got more music out of them. So, you know, there's something to be said about starting out as a band. But, man, when you go out on your own, you know, uh, and you can create more music for people to consume, I think that's pretty so cool. So me and John are going to separate podcasts so you can get twice the content eventually <laughs> no, no. Well, I, yeah i was getting in a punk rock mood on the way out here i'm like yes. maybe i want that you know like uh, um but who you listen to for punk who i don't i don't want to say i was listening to uh the sex pistols on the way i there. love the sex Pistols. absolutely yeah, anarchy in the okay or the okay yeah that's right. a canadian sex pistols right there but no anarchy in the uk god save the queen yeah. i mean yeah which my respects to the queen that kind of yeah. is well, I heard I heard that he uh, Johnny Rotten. I feel like I read an article that he paid his respects or something after after the Queen died. So oh. it was, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I think that there was a time and place for everything. And I've heard a lot yeah. about his opinions recently, Johnny Rotten. He's got quite a lot of interesting political opinions on um, American politics too. Yeah. So maybe he's lost his punk rock days, but. I wanted to harness my inner punk rock for the podcast. I wanted to, um, and a word that keep coming up, keep coming up, John. Keep coming up. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Dun darn keep coming up was authentic. <laughs> I'm I was pretty think- sure that's not a real word that you just said. Authentic? No, or- coming up. <laughs> Depends on where you're born and live, John. Here in Missouri, came it up is absolutely a word. But I think I think being punk rock, like, like, and and Sex Pistols are cool. You know, of course, I mean, most people don't know. Like, Nirvana was a punk band started out, and and I love I love punk rock. I love Rancid. You know, the Ramones. I'm you know, and I know those are all the obvious ones. But um, the cool thing about punk. Is a lot of people think of punk and they think of mohawks, pink hair, tattoos, and and bikes. What else? You know, what are, you know what I'm saying? And uh, like, really, punk is like, it's just it's an attitude of like doing it. You know, like just being an individual. And 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 so those things, those are like outward expressions in a way in punk rock. You know, like being anti-social. But now everybody has dyed hair. Not everybody has tattoos. So, like, sometimes the most punk thing you can do is not have tattoos. But, uh, like, I would consider our show to be rooted in a punk way. And I say that to say because, like, you know, we're on here. Like, we're just, we're kind of expressing our thoughts on things. And we're not always going to, like, line up with the status quo of, you know, let's say what Lutheran doctrine is or what you know, what all American Christians think or, you know, I mean, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to be, I want to think, I want to be a thinker and I want to encourage our audience to think. And that's like the most punk rock thing you can do, in my opinion. Well, I agree. And, and just that word of being authentic, because, you know, as we both say, we, we both attend a Lutheran church, but I don't want to feel that 
compulsion to always have to say everything right for every yeah. reason. I want to be able to have those same conversations that started the podcast, which were just me and John at gatherings talking about stuff. There were no restrictions. There were no questions or worry that, you know, a moment of thinking outside the box was going to get judgment from from my buddy sitting across from me. Right. But I get kind of worried. I'm like, oh, it's not just me talking to John. It's me and John talking to everyone. Yeah, I wanted to find some way to mentally prepare myself to kind of get back into that attitude of of being authentic. Authentic just rattled for about half my trip. And then I saw a big billboard for your Chinese, or not Chinese, but your Mexican restaurant. And it said authentic in big red letters. I'm like, oh, I knew that. Yes. That's the word of the show for me now is authentic. Authentic. Absolutely. Being authentic. Being an authentic Christian, that's an interesting, you know, what is an authentic Christian and what does it look like? And... And how do you do that? And some people would say that, well, you have to act this way and think this way and yada, yada, yada. I think on the flip side, there's a, for me, an authentic Christian is somebody that is asking honest questions, is honest about if they don't know the answer or they're not necessarily comfortable with the status quo answer. And they're like, cool with that. They're okay to say, eh, this might be wrong here or... I don't know, or boy, I'd like to explore that more. To me, there's a sense of authenticity there because because it's humility. And to me, humility is a part of authenticity. Absolutely. I don't see someone who acts the right way all the time as being authentic. To me, I always, I'm a cynic by nature, John. I'm right. Thinking. And they really aren't. The outward appearances and getting everything right on the outside just doesn't seem authentic to me. Give me a mess of someone who's honest about it and knows that they need some kind of help in their life. I'll take that over someone who acts like they have it together all the time. Yeah, definitely. John, speaking of authentic, I don't know how authentic we're being with our drinks today. Well, um, so here's the deal. Um, we're called grains and grace, but today we're going to be called fruit and grace (laughs) (laughs) and not because we're having a fruity beer. Well, no, we're not having a fruity beer, but there is a long tradition of, hard ciders um, that goes back just as far as beer. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was in the store today getting the beverages that we needed. And I saw this, and I haven't had this brand. This is, okay, so I'll just say it. We're drinking Strongbow Hard Cider. It's the Gold Apple Hard Cider. And I haven't had a Strongbow in forever. I, I, the last time I had it was at an Irish pub uh, on the plaza in Kansas City. Mm. And a uh, great Irish pub. And uh, and yeah. So I thought, man, I'm, I'm grabbing that. I think Ryan would appreciate yeah. it. And for our gluten intolerant friends out there listening, hey, you can drink something along with us this time. Absolutely. And now, have you had Strongbow? I have. And the thing about Strongbow and all ciders is you can't just assume you know what you're getting. When I used to think about ciders, I just thought of a very fruity, like, apple-forward right. thing. Right. There are some very strong, um, less sweet, less tolerable ones out there for those yes. who don't want that. And I, and I have had... So the first time I had a Strongbow... Uh, and it was on tap. I had a Strongbow on tap the first time I ever had it and loved it. I was like, man, this is great. Couldn't find the stuff anywhere. And then so the next time I had a, a hard cider, 
was not impressed with that. So then I just kind of given up on hard, hard ciders. So seeing this today, I was like, yeah, I'm doing that. I wonder if I still like it the way I did when I had it the first time 15, 17 years ago. I'm slowly moving in like Jaws, Donna, to open. Isn't that the best bottle opener ever? I actually really like that. It's got a good heft, a good weight to it. Yes. It feels right in my hand. I have the greatest bottle opener ever. And it fits perfectly and it just pulls it off. It's just beautiful. Like, just like Tom Cruise and cocktail. Yes. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Bottoms All up. All right. Oh. That's really enjoyable. That says fall. That is fantastic. Doing this show is breaking me down. I've put up so many walls around myself <laughs> as who I like who I thought I was. I don't drink pumpkin ale. I don't And drink. I love the pumpkin ale. And you know, I would never go out and buy this because I'm like who goes out and buys a cider? Yeah. I might be a guy that goes out and buys a cider every now and then. Dang it. Yeah. This is good stuff. So uh, props to you, Strongbow. I still think you guys have the superior hard cider. I've not drank a Strongbow, like I said, maybe 16, 17 years. But, man, good stuff. Loving it. My wife's going to love the leftovers. And if you're embarrassed about it and you're ordering it out, just have it in a glass. It really looks like it could just looks be like a, a Pilsner. Yeah. So, yeah. You don't have to let people know that you're enjoying a cider. Oh, are you saying we have to have rolls here? God, right. I'm just saying, you know, if you aren't ready to make that commitment to cider yet, just ease into it. Ryan, what the heck are we talking about today? Are we going to finish Sean, we've almost gone a half an hour. No, we haven't. It's only 13 minutes. I'm yeah. reading, I'm, I'm <laughs> reading the, the timer time. upside down. I thought we wasted an entire show before we... <laughs> we are continuing, John, to go through Psalm 27. Now, to recap what we talked about in the last show, Psalm 27... Uh, praying and meditating on that has been a challenge presented by one of our pastors in our church. Okay. And we decided to go through that ourselves and meditate it in our own grains and grace way, which who knows if that was the intended way. I'm sure there's no wrong way to meditate on scripture and pray on it. Um, I've, I've found myself uh, struggling meditating on this. We, we started it, you know, last week and it's, it's, there's something in it. It's just not grabbing me. And it asks a lot of questions. You really have to... It's almost like something you're going to see on a test. Well, before I can fully understand what's trying to be said here, I have to understand the context of the writer, why it was being written. I have to figure out, well, what does he mean by enemies? Am I supposed to believe that I, as a Christian, have real... I mean, it just... It makes you question every little word to really get to what the truth is we're supposed to Yeah, out of I mean, it, it's, it's, here's a question I have. As a Christian, is it right for us to pray to God, may my enemies stumble and fall? And, you know, um, is it right to, to pray? There is a specific word for that prayer, and I was I tried to have it ready the last time we were recording. I couldn't look it up. I, one of our pastors at our church brought this up when he was discussing different types of prayer. This was during a young adult Bible study years ago, but there is a specific term for it when people pray for bad things to happen. I'm sure it's a Latin term of some kind, but in those prayers, we aren't supposed to Take it as an example of how we should pray because in the New Testament, Jesus clearly gives us a better example and nowhere in the Lord's Prayer does it say, and uh, 
you should ask God to burn all your enemies' houses to the ground because they did you wrong. That's nowhere in how Christ taught right. us to pray. But it doesn't make it a non-valuable prayer. You can bring whatever crap you have in your heart to God. If you're frustrated and angry and want to say that, get it off your chest. Who better to bring it to to God? But that doesn't mean you're going to change the way God acts in that situation, that God's not going to be like, cool, John, who, uh, what's his address? No, he's yeah. not going to follow those prayers, but it's the pouring out of our hearts and emotions. And yeah, don't sugarcoat your prayers to God. If you're frustrated and having a bad day, bring it. But once again, that's not going to change the way God acts in that situation. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think God is like so, like he, he can't handle, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's he's God, like you're not you're not hurting him. You're not saying anything that like like he can handle it. He's he will got, not be offended. Yeah, like John. In all yeah, of my but, time uh, of being around, I've never heard anyone pray for that specific thing. Yeah, you yeah. aren't going to shock him. But I just you know I like we went over we start we did, and we started this on our last episode where we were in where we in uh, uh, verse two. You know when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. And I just thought. That number one, I mean, are we supposed to be praying that? Number two is, you know, I wonder, I wonder if you know, like David. I mean, he's pretty set, sure that his these are his enemies and his foes, and he's praying that God's on his team and not their team. You know, how is that different than when a a Chiefs player is like, God be with us and not the not the Bills or yeah. the Raiders, the game that's coming up for us? You know, like, I mean, that just. Is that really the prayer we're supposed to be praying? No, but can I tell I you know. how many times I've prayed for something terrible to happen to Tom Brady? Those are legitimate prayers. You're a terrible I'm, person. I know, but so far... And that's happening now in his personal life. Look what you've done. Well, my prayer life is getting stronger, and apparently I've been able <laughs> no. to... It's so sad what's happening to him. I feel bad for him. Oh, that's right, and his personal yeah, life. Yeah, that's... Uh, no, I, I, I just wanted him to break an arm on the field. That's it. No, that's terrible. That was wrong. Well, yeah, I never prayed too far. for relational <laughs> problems for Tom Brady. Just, to, just stop. This is all. Just stop, Tom. So where are we where are we going with this? So we're here? going. We're going to keep going through because if we keep doing what we're doing, we've already established this. We're never going to get through Psalm twenty-seven. We can't keep going through and trying to, you know, get into the head of David in every little aspect. So let's. I want to chunk it out. I want to read some bigger sections. And I think if we just okay. talk generally about that, okay. maybe we can be more productive in our conversation. So you're going to like pick up in verse four then and kind of just chunk through that four through five there? Or, I'm just going to keep going. Just until chunk I, it. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me, John. And when I think it's oh, time so to stop holy. talking, then, <laughs> then so we're going to stop talking. You're so, so holy. Holy crap. So we're right. picking up at Psalm 27, um, 4. Okay. All right. So David goes on to say, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sa uh, sacrifice with shouts of joy. 
I will sing and make music to the Lord. Dang, there's so many bits of that yeah, that we use. So, man, you know, I used to like this song, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I don't like this song. Well, he's so just like, he's forget- like, I will sing and make music to the Lord. And like, in my opinion, it's just like, you know, why aren't you already doing that? You're only going to do, it sounds like he's only going to do this. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I get my way, God, we have to, now, know. despite all of David's downs, he was having a real bad time right now. So he's, we, we're looking into a personal little aspect of his life, although the Psalms weren't just like prayers you wrote down quickly. They, they spent a lot of time rethinking their words in the Psalms, so he had a lot of time to keep going back over these words, but he was having a bad day, so he's like... He needed that little pat on the tush from God, like saying, <laughs> okay, you know, things aren't very good right now, but I need to be reminded that I've got this shelter of God, which that is truth. God is our shelter and our safe place. Yeah, so but, we, but what, does that, what does that mean? I mean, shelter, you know, like, what, is, what does it mean to say God is my shelter? God is my shelter. Because that sounds like, yeah. that's like one of those like Christianese phrases. Yeah, and we are so confused. It always comes back to that here, not now mentality. We have the shelter. We know that in eternity we have that shelter of God and we have that promise of God. But sometimes we... But what does that mean, the shelter? We know that this world is not the end of it. After all this crap, we have something to look forward to. But I think in our Christian world today, we really want to use those words in the here and now that we're going to be sheltered from anything bad in our life. Our daily troubles aren't going to be there. And I think that's a bad way of using that verse. It looks good on a Pinterest post when someone puts little flowers around it and right. fancy like lettering, and then we can share it on social media just to show like, hey, fuck up, kiddo, have a good day. But I just don't know if that's really what we're supposed to learn from it is that he's going to be our shelter from all the woes and enemies we experience on a daily basis. Right, and that's what he makes it sound though, right? Am I, am I wrong? Is he not saying that? I He is like, he's... Like either he's trying to convince himself that this is the case, in which case he's saying, and if like a like almost like a, a wheeling and dealing with God, you know, I'm gonna convince myself you're gonna be there for me, God, and if you are, I'm gonna sing to you, you know, like like why wouldn't you just sing to God anyways for who He is, right? Yeah, and then and then and then on the flip side, it just I don't know, it just has a it has a Christianese like. Like, what does it mean? Like, I, I just see that people saying that, like, they take this ver- these verses, and I don't know. Who can get in the head of day? I don't know what he was saying. I'm not there. I'm reading this. I'm, like, just kind of, I've read it one way. Now I'm kind of looking at it as I'm getting deeper, and I'm like, what the heck does that mean anyway? As you know, always- God's my dwelling. You know, God's my rock. Okay, that's cool. I get that, and we sing those phrases in church all the time, but, you know, I'm, I want to ask a question today. I want to be challenging a little bit, and I want to say... What the heck does that mean when we tell people that? I think... <laughs> what does we, that mean? I honestly think for a lot of people who tell people that, they are using it to give them that immediate feeling of comfort. A, because when people are in times of need, people are suffering, Right. we clench up. We don't always really know how to react. So sometimes giving them a quick, 
word of encouragement, if we're Christians, giving them some words that sound nice from the Bible. And I think it's sometimes just our go-to. We don't know how to really love and care for people Mm -hmm. in the real world and give them the support they need. So we're quick to give them the words that sound right, even if that's not what the words I mean, I think that like in Psalms, it Psalms has been hugely beneficial to people and people will read Psalms when they're going through times and, oh, yeah. and God's working through those scriptures to talk to people. But I think you're right, right? Like sometimes something that's worked for us, a Psalm that I read, I think, oh, it's going to work here too. Mm-hmm. But I, I just imagine like a person that comes along and says, you know, I've got cancer. This, this stinks. I'm, I'm dying of cancer. And, you know, well... God's your shelter. You just want to go, F you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. God's my shelter, but that doesn't help me right now. Uh-huh. I'm dying. Yeah. You even <laughs> in my time, you're going through a legitimate rough time. I mean, you need someone. Sometimes you just need to shut up and hold someone's hand. Yeah. Someone, sometimes you just need a, I don't know. I just don't. We're so bad at handling awkward life situations and we want to give the easy but right answer. It seems easy, but we think it's right because it's coming from the word of God. Yeah. Okay. That's but all I had on that. Don't even get started to me that he's also singing and making music to the Lord after he's talking about how he's going to be exalted. Yeah. If I'm exalted, yeah. then I start singing. Yeah. I think it's better if we're in our down times and we're singing to the Lord as opposed to waiting to be exalted and protected. Well, I think there's, and there's others, I think it was a psalm, but I, I, I think there's better places where scripture says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I like that one. And the reason I like that one is it's saying, good times come, bad times come, but God is who he is, mm-hmm. right? He stays I, consistent. Yes, he's the consistent one. And there's, there's joy in just worshiping him. I don't need to see my enemies fail to find my joy in God. No. And, we and know, that's what this sounds like. It it does. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So many deep thinkers before us and, you know, founders of the church have told us we aren't supposed to think of it that way. So, so John, what's our problem? Well, I don't care what other people talk about. Why, why are we ragging on old David this way? We're supposed to see him as someone who, yes, had ups and downs, but was always firmly rooted in God, and that's why he should be our example. But sometimes I read about David, I'm like, no, thank you. Maybe I don't want to really live my life like David. Yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of people in the Bible, I think, eh, I don't think I agree with that. I mean, there's things Paul said in the New Testament, I'm like... Yeah, I don't know, Paul. <laughs> yeah, but man, Paul's sarcasm at times makes me. Uh, if, yeah, that's what is when he's like when he says that, that about the circumcision group, and he goes, "I wish they'd just castrate the whole thing." Yes, I mean, <laughs> I've laughed out loud reading yeah. Paul's letters, but yeah, I see sometimes David is more of a cautionary tale than something to aspire to in relationship. Well, and I think a deeper question is when we're reading the Psalms. It, are, are we supposed to be reading like, this is the word of God. How can you be criticizing it? Because that would mean like God's talking about himself. Like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. To me, it makes more sense to say that this is David actually writing. 
Yeah. And this is probably how he really felt. Mm-hmm. And it was probably a really important piece. He wants to see his enemies fail. He's being attacked. I have no I don't know what he's going through. It's it seems like he's going through something serious. You know, and he's like trying to convince himself, you know, like I you know, like I think he's trying I think he's on the verge of like I'm losing faith in you, God. I'm going to say these things to encourage myself that you're with me because I'm going through these really hard times. Daily affirmations. Yeah. It's, you know what I'm saying? So what is the truth that we can pull out of this? If we're trying to peel away what we don't think the truth is from it, what is that truth? Because we do believe that scripture is God breathed. So there is some God breathing through the scripture, trying to tell us something. And for me, if you were to ask me right now through what we've read, it's that we can be be big crybabies like David to God, even if the stuff coming out of our mouths is junk and not from God, we can still bring it to him that we don't have to church up our words to go to him. So it's not that we should be like David and what he's saying, but we should be like David and we should be idiots saying whatever we want to to God and just going to him. Yeah, and mine, mine would be... Similar, like this is a way. This is a way you can see how God uses the Bible to work on us in different ways. And what I would say is, like when I'm reading this, like like I said in those verses two and three, the thing that just hit me out of the gate was just like, why do I assume that other people are the enemy against me and therefore the enemy against God? Why do I assume I'm in the good guy position all the time? Because, and so like, you know, you could almost say like David's arrogant enough to think he's the good guy in the scenario. And these are the enemies of God. Now, maybe I don't know the background, but maybe there were serious things going on that you would be like, yeah, that's definitely an enemy of God. And David is the good guy. But I don't know. I feel hesitant about calling myself the good guy ever and assuming this group over here is an enemy because that causes lots of wars. Well, we see that in American Christian culture all the time. There are Christians who believe, well, I am right with God and that therefore yes. makes any opinions or actions that I have right with God, no matter what they may right. be. I and mean, if you differentiate with me, you're technically differentiating with God. Yeah. Worst case example of that is the Westboro Baptist Church out in mm-hmm. Kansas, where they believe horrid things about people, and they treat people terribly, and they pick it at funerals of Marines, and just all these awful things. But they somehow are convinced that because they are right with God, and don't even get me started on whether I think the scripture they are following really makes them right with God the way they live it out but they think that any of their thoughts or actions towards anyone are justified because of their own inherent rightness as a church and that just breeds but on the flip side and, and I completely agree with you but on the flip side to not do what we're talking about why do we assume that we're right I just gotta believe in that, that. situation. I just you you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, and that's what I'm talking about. It, like, it seems obvious in that situation, and maybe for David, it was just as obvious. Mm-hmm. But for me, I also want to have some some sense of humility. Like, like I, I want to. I, I and I know people would be like, "Why would you even entertain it?" You know. But like, you know, okay, 
I'm going to listen. Let me at least, what are you trying to say? You know, I'm pretty sure I could listen to their whole argument and I would still like not agree with them. I think they're terrible people for doing that, what they do. But I still want to have an attitude of peace, peace, peacefulness, not agreeableness, peacefulness, and be willing to listen to their side. Where, what are you driving out here? Mm-hmm. You know, and then if, if, if we're going to have this conversation, I get to ask questions and we're not going to fight here. We're just going to ask questions to each other and we're going to have a good conversation. And, there, and, and, and it seems like we're missing that when we have this attitude of, of you're the bad guy. No, you're the bad guy. Like, there's no conversation happening. In oh, this yeah. Thing. No. And it happens in marriages, too. Did I just become you know? David and my ranting against my enemies in the Westboro Baptist That's what church? I'm saying. <laughs> no. That is not. I, mean, I don't find them enemies against me. Oh, come on. I don't. I don't think you are. No. I, <laughs> but I, no, I completely, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But, I, but I'm saying how easy it is to slip into this idea that. I'm not the enemy of God. You know, these people are over here. There's a debate going on right now in Christianity that has to do with science, right? And there's no talking between those groups. Like, they're both pretty, conv- you know, like, no, I'm on the side of God. And, and this group over here, no, this is the real word of God. You know, to the point one group's like, we don't even... And I'm not even going to say their names. You know, I don't agree with it. But I, I, they'll say, you know, like, you're not even a Christian if you think, you know, if you don't think Genesis this way, X, Y, and Z. And, and I don't even want to, I don't want to mention their names. I don't want to get in a debate right now. I, it would be a fun debate. As long as that's what it is, is a debate and not a, you know, you're not a real Christian, you know, conversation. Because that's baloney. You know, and and when we start that that kind of argument of God be against these people and not against me, I, I don't know. I you, you can see that happen in a in a failing marriage. You know, like well, I'm acting the right way, they're the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just reflecting in that regard. Yeah, it's good to have perspective, and the perspective that I was just reminded while I was listening to you speak that. It, we need to have towards everyone is as Christians, we, we should have the attitude that we want everyone in heaven with us. We want everyone else to have the same thing right. that we profess to having. So if I am separating, once again, these Westboro Baptists as enemies and doing it wrong and wanting nothing to do with them, who's reaching out to them to show them the true love of Christ. Right. They're hearing yeah. the word of God apparently somehow in their church. I assume that from the pulpit there is some gospel there. So they're hearing it every day. So it feels like just a little direction, a little push of love. But if we get so caught up in our anger and hatred towards them, who is helping them to see God the way we see him? Yeah. So what do you think, like, David's role here? So he's praying, I mean, he's praying to rise up above his enemies and, and be over them, above the enemies. Mm-hmm. But is that the prayer we as Christians, are we supposed to be praying to be exalted above our enemies? Are we supposed to be we, praying, uh, Lord, uh, 
what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Forgive, help us to forgive our enemies. Do you see that there's a difference in How what David is saying it? here and what yeah. Jesus would say? I don't uh, think Jesus would pray that. Have you ever heard the old thing, how can I help lift someone up if I'm not above them first? Someone has to be the leader. Someone has to be above. We have to be exalted so we can lift the other lowly mm. people up. Well, that's trash. That I don't sounds like a very bourgeoisie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are people in this world that just need us to be above them because they can't make up their minds for themselves and need us to. I don't believe that at all. It sounds very, quite yeah. the sarcasm there. <laughs> yes, his face is sarcasm right now. I have so. a very like, just a very chill, like mundane way of speaking. So sometimes people are like, is he serious? <laughs> okay, so we should hurry to this. Okay. Oh yeah, let's get through. Let's just. I, I'm just gonna read the rest of it. And let's just, just burn go through it down. Here. here we go. All right, my heart says of you, seek his face. So his heart's saying, seek God. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Uh, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Why? <laughs> what did your your mom and dad doesn't mother? even like you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do we know what did they do to him? Did they forsake him? Or is he, or is he just saying, even if it's that bad that mommy and daddy don't love me anymore, you're still... Um, okay. uh, teach, that was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> te- teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path. Now we're getting to some good Okay, that's right good. There. That's yeah. humble prayer. Teach me your way, Lord. Uh, lead me on a straight path because of my oppressors? That's the only reason I want to be yeah, led. Yeah, exactly. Path. I want to be on a straight path, not just because of my oppressors. Oh, John. I think he's trying to say, like, like if, if you lead me on a straight path, that'll be like judgment towards my oppressors. But he's so focused on these oppressors and these enemies, mm-hmm. which I understand. If he's going through something, I get it. It's hard to not think about the crap going on in your life. But, like, man, I, it's just this is clearly written by a person going through stuff. Okay, I'm going to see. David had a bad day, I told you. Yeah. We didn't even get in. Research it. Dog the Edomite. Bad dude. David didn't like him. Dog didn't like him. They, it could be Doeg. I just Were like, they going like, fisticuffs? You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, just, had to, it, they had to it, throw it, down somewhere. And... We'll leave it to our well-researched um, community to just look up D-O-E-G, the Edomite. Um, I thought you were going to go D-Y-double-D-O-G, you see. I was, I, I almost said Dog the Bounty Hunter for some reason, but that's a totally different. I thought you were going to make a Snoop Dogg reference. Oh, that would have been a good one, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Don't turn me over to the desire of my foes, because they're a bunch of jerks. Um, for false witnesses rise up against me. I can kind of feel that. You ever had someone, like, bear false witness, or you're like, that's not who I am, and people right. feel something. I can feel, on occasion, what he's thinking here. I yeah. just don't know if I... Yeah, it's all right. False witnesses rising up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Yeah. And this, again, from a psychological standpoint, sometimes when people say, you know, is usually representative of the opposite of what they actually are feeling, I remain confident of this. 
Yeah, you didn't sound confident the whole no. time. <laughs> it's like you're getting ready to uh, bungee jump off a big tall bridge. Like I can do this. I can do this. I can. I can do this. Kind of peeing down. Your you don't think you can do this, do you? <laughs> you're waiting for the guy to just finally push you off the edge while he's smoking a cigarette. Like next, get him. I and so I do. I get that sense from. I get that sense from this whole thing that that this is really like we had. A, you know, because we had a lot of questions through this whole thing. I, I do. I get this sense that he's he's dealing. He's obviously going through stuff. You know. I think there's some things that I'm like, man, it, you got to be careful how you how you pray, especially against your enemies, quote unquote, because you want to make sure you're not the enemy. You know. And and then I and then I just you know. And when you look at other psalms, you know, there's some really beautiful psalms, and David wrote those, and you're like, man, that was beautiful. Like that was inspiring. And there's other ones that you're just like, dude, that's psychotic. I don't know that I want to use that scripture to witness. No, there are areas where he's used harsher language on what he would like to happen to his foes. I I feel like I want to go to Psalm 103. I feel like that's it. Is that the one that Uh, I'm like, that's like some super harsh language. I can't remember. Uh, we're, folks, we're pulling that up right now just to... That's a lot of scrolling for Psalm 103 when you're using the Bible app. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah. No, that's actually a nice one. I oh, think. no, Psalm 103 is beautiful. Yeah. Way to go, John. Yeah, that's actually a beautiful psalm. So I love that Anger and abounding in love. Yeah, yeah, this is a great psalm. I love this song. I've got to highlight it. Why didn't we choose this one to This is a on? good one, yeah. yeah. Huh. I don't remember what psalm I'm thinking of. Yeah, your youthers are renewed like eagles. Yeah. Is that where the eagle's wing song comes from? Like eagle's wings. Yes, that would be it. Okay, I'm going to find this psalm right now. Okay. And, and then... While John does that... <laughs> they're just... They're just like, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, Psalm 137, 9. Okay, Psalm 137, 9. Read this out loud. This is crazy. Oh, you read it. I'm not there yet. Oh, you don't have it? Okay. <laughs> I'm in Ruth, I think, on that. What kind of thing? <laughs> You're getting Ruth. This keeps you holding on, folks. So what did I say? Psalm 137, 9? 9 is what I remember. Yeah, it's all you remember. Okay. 137. Nine. Okay, so we're going to go to 137. Nine. So he's talking about daughter of Babylon. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. Daughter of Babylon, doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Here's the crazy part. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. What? I feel like that might be poetry for like, the children of your ideas, not actual children. I don't know. We might need to unpack that one sometime. But that is some crazy, like, violent stuff, man. What do you think? If it's poetry, old-time <laughs> poetry sucks. Yeah, true. Yeah. We're, true. Uh, may, there's got to be a translation. What, what well, translation do we mess up that leads to heads being bashed against rocks? Well, I'm kind of thinking that maybe... The rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. I'm kind of thinking like that one. You know, it could. It, I th- I could see how it would be poetic or, you know, like 
It represents the, the children of your ideas, the children of, of your practices, you know, and all the new ideas. Does that make sense? Oh, so we're crushing, like, I'm taking my ideas and my plans and I'm crushing them yeah. and, like, trading them in. Yeah, you have so what? many. Let's say you're super sinful and I'm, uh-huh. and you've set up a whole culture of, of sinfulness and I'm, I'm, you constantly come up with new ways to sin, like it says in Romans. And, and so you're taking the, I, the, infant ideas that you have and the children of your ideas and you're crushing them against the stones. I don't know. I hope that's what it means because if that's not what it means, that's some crazy stuff right there, dude. If that's right, (laughs) I like it. Why couldn't they have had the foresight to know that we would be reading it differently all these years later? Wait, are we supposed to remember that we're reading an ancient book, John? I think we are. Oh, man. I got to rethink the way I've been reading everything now. (laughs) Anyways, hope this has been a fun conversation for y'all today. Uh, Hope it was challenging to you. And we want you to push back on us. So if you like what you've heard today, you can contact us at Grains and Grays Podcast at Outlook.com. Uh, if you have Ryan's personal cell phone number, which we will not give out on the air, it's flashing on the screen. It's flashing on the screen right now. Uh, You're more than welcome to just contact him directly. And if you want to be a part of the uh, the group that uh, gets us kicked out of our uh, (laughs) church here, you can join that group too. We we started the actual petition. (laughs) We started the please kick us out. Um, So you can uh, check us out at Spotify, Apple. Apple Podcasts and Anchor. That is correct. And um, (laughs) this is Grains and Grace Podcast.